So, um, as I was walking home, I, first of all, happy Friday, people. <laughs> it's 12.58 in the a.m. I'm up late. <clears throat> I guess I'll take some moments to talk about my day. Um, I've talked about this on Twitter. I've talked about this on YouTube. I'm going to talk about it here. Because now that I'm saying it for the third time, I may be a bit more succinct and to the point in my speech here. So um, today was mostly dedicated to a lot of recording, uh, catching up on some clients that I got, um, and the work I got to do for them. And then I also went to downtown Elgin Street. Ottawa, downtown Ottawa, um, where I went to the Canada Council for the Arts. They had a. I'm just from here on out. I'm just gonna call them Arts Council. I'm getting tired of seeing the whole title, <laughs> but the Arts, Arts Council they had this info session, um, open house for grants. Now, um, grants for they have this elaborate like. set up funding process for people who have interest in kind of arts projects and ideas and want to bring them into fruition. Um, one of the, I won't kind of go into too many details of the different programs, but let's just say this. You can either, um, actually, you know what, let me, hold up a second. Yeah, I just wanted to take, um, sorry for that. I'm just going to read part of the, like some of the literature kind of give you the idea of the objective of this organization. Um, so let's see. Since its creation in 1957, the Canada Council has promoted, supported, recognized, and funded artistic excellence. It has helped to improve conditions for creativity from coast to coast to coast. It has also nurtured Canadians' knowledge and appreciation of the arts, and results can be seen in the proliferation of excellent works of art and literature enjoyed by audiences in Canada, and around the world. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Canada is one of the most diverse countries in the world. This diversity needs to be reflected in the arts, especially given that the arts sector is publicly funded. The Canada Council is proud of its past achievements in supporting diversity. It has reached out with targeted support to indigenous and culturally diverse artists and artist organizations, artists from official language minority communities, and recently, Deaf and disabled artists. <clears throat> that also includes that deaf and disabled. Disabled also includes people with mental health issues. Uh, this fundamental commitment to equity and inclusion has helped to shape the professional art sector. For Canadians today, what else we got here? There was something about the digital culture that I wanted to read about. Uh -huh. Amplify the quality, scale, and sharing of Canadian art through digital technology. The explosive growth of digital technology has changed the way we relate to the arts and culture and how we connect with each other in the world. It continues to blur the lines between audience and artists, professional and amateur, commercial and not-for-profit. This disruption of traditional forms of arts consumption has not, in general, translated into more money for professional artists. Most do not receive appropriate compensation for the use and distribution of their work. Artistic, yeah. 
<clears throat> the first thing I thought when I when I came to mind was kind of the gripes the gripes that people have with Instagram and I guess Tumblr and how people jack art from Tumblr. Uh, most do not receive. I already said that. Artistic creation is too often cut off from their digital distribution models, which are increasingly globalized, disconnected from arts ecosystems in other countries. So for the non-Canadians that come across this, you know, I, ha I go back and forth with my love of Canada. I kind of see myself more as a future kind of like global citizen, not to sound like a fucking asshole, but that's how I perceive my own experience. I've been around, like I've been to a lot of places, like I've been, and keep in mind, I haven't been to everywhere in the world, and not even for extended periods, but I've been to the UK, you know, specifically Great Britain, Wales, um, you know, Holland, Ghana, I've been to UAE, which is United Arab Emirates, Sri Lanka, India. lived in New Brunswick. I semi, I wouldn't really say I lived in Houston, but I was there for quite a while. Um, Oregon, you know, DMV area, Boston, New York. Try to think of where else. Yeah, I think those are the main places. Um, Detroit, you know, so I've been around and it's like, I feel like I'm at this stage right now, mentally, I'm kind of like in a, in, a, in a zone of like, I need to travel and be, especially because for all of the, the poverty going on in the world and for the lack of jobs, and I guess this is a lack of jobs, but like, people are not getting as much full-time work as gig, the gig economy is, is, is on the rise and so on. Travel is cheap these days, you know, like you can go, especially with these new like, I wouldn't say underground travel services, but like I stumbled across some dudes that, like from Montreal, technically you'd go for usually 50, 60, 70 bucks. There's some dudes that they got to set up, it's 35 and all that. Now you might be kind of suspicious of that or concerned about the insurance and so on. The fact of the matter is it's 35 bucks to go to Montreal from here, just two hours away, versus the 70 you would usually pay, right? So, anyway, that that long-winded kind of rant was about, um, I go back and forth with Ken in my mind, and what, am, what do, do I really like living in Canada still? I mean, Toronto, yes, there's the real, Toronto's one of the most multicultural places in the world. Montreal, too, is up there. Um, Ottawa, not so much. We Ottawa's becoming more multicultural, and, um, you know, but at the same time, this is, I think Ottawa, Ottawa is a place kind of like, the best way I can describe it is, it's a mid-level sized city where people who come from smaller places can come and kind of posture like their inner city and can kind of pretend this is a metropolis. Ottawa is like, the, is basically, it's like when in the Maritimes, the way I, the way I perceived Halifax from when I went there and the way people treated Halifax and the way Halifax is like the New York of the Maritimes. It's like, 
promised land of there. It's so innocent in the same sense. Ottawa, and yes, there's Toronto, which is also in Ontario for those who ain't from Canada, those who are not from you know, Canada or from Ontario. But um, yeah, Ottawa serves a purpose of kind of like for Northern Ontario and Eastern Ontario people, it's like a New York, <laughs> which is sad. It's like if you if, if you don't if you if you don't want to get eaten alive in Toronto and you don't want to get there with the French of And I can, I can already sense this rant is going to be long. It's going to be multi-parts, so I'll at some point chop this up. But, yeah, so I often wonder, like, Canada, man, like, uh, like I'm just ready to go. I, in my head, like, I'm looking at the U.S. next. Um, I'm in contact with people down there in Detroit. I'm in contact with people, some people in upstate New York, I'm trying to make connections with people in these areas so that I have a reason to go. Um, and then also wanting to go on like what would be sort of a recon mission of sorts like just go to book a book a date go to a festival Detroit Electronic Music Festival is coming up I book tickets for that and then check it out sorry check it out Um, but the point I'm getting at is Canada comes sometimes just grinds on me with the we like to present ourselves as multicultural but not really Um, there's a growing like alt-right kind of like separatist not separatist but like um quasi like fundamentalist groups and so on like um, fucking soldiers of holding or whoever the three percent in these clown ass groups and you know you say you know this place canada's really like a really large backwater place with one or two major cities <laughs> like real major cities like Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, okay, Calgary, I guess, but Alberta's the home of a lot of these groups, these right-leaning groups. Ottawa is the driest government town. So I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm complaining, but this is just me saying, what, what, how can I do more interesting things with my life? But then you go to one of these little info sessions, and it's like, yeah, we're funding arts and public art and artists, and we want y'all to succeed. Now, who knows what the process is like as far as the, when you submit your like I could, you know, I'm confident enough in my own quote-unquote practice that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit, not even that, like I have no fear of submitting anything at this point. Um, some of this is when you hit a rock, and this rock bottom, maybe I come off like it just happened, but it's like a two-year, three, two to, well, really, it's like a three-slash-four-year, like, upward kind of trend out of depths the depths and um, I'm now kind of like looking back and and seeing you know to really kill off those demons to kind of let it out in, the, in this one of these one of these one of these um, projects huge projects so anyway that's a tangent but um yeah the fact that Canada is so kind of like open to this kind of thing public art and I think Europe, places in Europe have this vibe too. Um, gives me, it gives me a great hope for like being Canadian in general. Um, 
So I think this is going to end up part one of the day. I have more to say here. you can actually apply to like multiple different um, pra- like you can be a multidisciplinary artist and apply to different different sections it's okay you know it's um, butchering it but butchering the delivery here but I'm coming in more as a sound person a music and a sound person but I'm also there's a visual element to my thing too so I can I guess I can apply to two different kind of like sh- categories here so that's the um, that's one thing second thing and I went into this a bit in the video but I'm gonna go into it here too so there's a bit of a different vibe of different content here um, I noticed like age-wise the vast majority of people there were like I would say Gen X and above um, and then they were like, oh, okay, let's say 70 to 75% of the people there were like Gen X and above. Then you had like 20 or 20, 20, the math, you know, 25 to 30% of the people were like me, quote unquote millennials. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> then you got like, then I didn't see no, I didn't see anybody below me. I didn't see any Gen Z people for sure. Nobody that was really like 18 to 22, really, like, you know what I mean? What are my reflections on that? Well, typically, I would imagine that there's people here, like, if they've launched this, if, so the Canada Council's been there, what, 1957, and I think there's been, like, the various grants and stuff have been going on for quite a long time. So I think there's like an old guard of artists. I said this in the another episode, whether I'm going to walk into a room and there's going to be um, a bunch of like old guard, old establishment artists. But I don't use the word establishment, but but that's actually now that I think back, that's what I sense. There's like a lot of people there who maybe have gone through some of the process or are kind of like have a more traditional arts background. There was a Q&A kind of a session. It was like a panel. And um, it was interesting. Some people were like, kind of like, um, was it anxious or maybe not nervous, skeptical about the whole, because right, they're trying to push innovative techniques, innovative approaches. And um, so I think some people were like, oh, is this going to be like a tech-focused thing or, you know, 
a super like is that, is that what you mean when you say innovation is it like um you got the, the craziest tech being used within their you know presentation of their and they answered that question sort of like, well, no, it's about innovation as far as, it's like an internal kind of an innovation. It's like, are you pushing yourself to a limit to doing things that you wouldn't normally do? Um, so yeah, and, um, I th- and one person was expressing concern over like, more or less, will this be like an accurate or fair judge judging of applications or is it going to be like you know biased in any way or anything it's really confident with they, they, they seem I think they're really trying to help people here I don't think there's some kind of like ulterior-ish kind of motive with like we only want painters to win or something you know what I mean or we only want maybe that's not a good example like we only want classical artists to win versus like hip-hop artists I didn't see anybody there with the there's a oh yeah and this is the other thing too it was like as per usual, I'm always looking at like, okay, I'm for a long, for a while, I was the only minority in the room, but I, not that long. Then there was like another couple people. Mostly, there was like maybe like half a dozen black people. Um, then other ethnicities there, which someone might, might listen and say, this doesn't matter. But I think it's an interesting discussion of like how. How, how are these programs broadcast? Like, they just talk about diversity, right? How are these programs broadcasted to other communities? Like, the average black person ain't thinking about. I mean, I don't want to speak for all black people, but because I can't, first of all, but the numbers straight up reflect what I'm saying. Like, if six, <laughs> I think, and I think one guy looked like he maybe works there. So there's that, but I mean, you gotta wonder sometimes, like, um, what are some of the, this is accessible to everybody. And I think this, this is just like a microcosm of the rest of this our society. Like, do minorities always have access or do they know? Do they even have the information to know? Like I just stumbled, like I even, I think I, I think I was, I, come, I came across this whole thing with just like Googling. So I guess there's that. I guess the information is there if people want to know it, but maybe traditionally certain groups of people don't. In any case, there was that, and then there was like the q and I didn't stay for the whole q and I had to jet out for a minute. Um, and then uh, I came back, I was able to book an appointment for like a one-on-one. This was really brief. It was like you had half an hour or 20, 20 minutes to talk with somebody about your little thing that you do, your little practice. And um, so I sat down with this this nice lady. She's like, she was a musician. And I'm like, yeah, this is my thing. So I guess I can say it in this broadcast. Um, I'm coming with an angle of like, my project is uh, me battling my, me overcoming and battling mental health, homelessness, addictions through fitness, music, urban exploration was one thing that like really like, I was on cloud nine when I discovered that abandoned housing project. 
And it wasn't really discovered, but like when I found it, when I was able to like create some shit in there, that helped. Like my mood was so good. That gave me something. That literally, I was working like a different job. I didn't give a shit. Like I went to the job, and the only thing I could think about was like, I need to get back into the neighborhood to get back into that abandoned quadrant of row houses. So there was that. <laughs> and in, in fact, the job ended up being kind of like, kind of did a number. I wouldn't say did not. It's not. That's not the right term. I didn't really like. What I was doing, you know what? I'm not gonna get into the details because I think this is actually great. That's great content for a whole different brand. So anyway, I <laughs> I enjoyed the urbex, the abandoned building shit, way more than what I was doing for money. <laughs> so that fitness was huge, even if it bored. You know, really, I'm gonna be in some ways replaying and reliving the experience, but in like a condensed form. Also, uh, videotaping the whole thing. Sorry. Anyway, she was like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." And the innovation here is like, you're really f putting your whole like life out there in a way that ain't. That is challenging you to really like. This is going to be so ambitious and so challenging that um. While I hope for like okay okay so the grant covers like a whole bunch of all the costs associated with producing this project, and then um also living expenses, which is good, and then um. But really, I'm. I was also kind of thinking, how am I going to present this? That's another part of it, the presentation part. Like, am I going to do an exhibition? Am I going to? Like, I'm trying to think of ways to. How am I going to really present this? Just I don't want. I want it to be a little bit more like than just like we're on YouTube. <laughs> like we're Twitch. Maybe that's interesting. Maybe Twitch is a thing. Maybe stream part of it. Like the IRL. Twitch is like the mobile version is whack. So like you can stream two hours and then like it just won't upload or you can even stream. I've streamed because my first kind of thing I was experimenting with streaming that was non-radio-ish was um me working out and Periscope always saves Instagram or IG all sometimes saves. FB always saves. Twitch, I would say it often, like more often than not, it wasn't saving for mobile. So I don't wanna like do something that's just gonna be fucking But who knows, maybe Twitch will be like the real Yeah, maybe I should just try and like gun Twitch. And see if I can like hook up with some hook up with somebody but, like make an interaction with somebody in a Twitch world who will be interested in collaborating or something. See this is good. So yeah, there was that. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm also thinking like the urbex, 
I'm going to be narrating a lot of it too, and then I'm going to be scoring the whole thing. Um, so as a side note, I got when I got a new phone, I lost my one phone, and I, I found it. But then by the time I found the phone that I lost, I had gotten this other phone, which is superior. This is an iPhone, but it was better than the one that I had anyway. I couldn't really sync iTunes. This isn't that interesting of a story. It took me a while to get my iTunes to work, to sync or whatever. So it's synced now. And um, I've been listening a lot to like, <laughs> I've been listening a lot to like this 30 minute kind of like soundtrack that I made of a bunch of beats that I've made over like a couple of years or whatever. And like, I didn't really, I've only ever listened to this mix off of my uh, laptop or whatever, or my iPad, but like when I put the headphones on, I was listening to them, like, holy shit, this is like some different shit, like, this is like something that like, this is, this is, and you know, this is like, this is some film shit, but someone told me this too, like I connected with this girl on IG, um, she actually reached out to me, maybe I should bad. Anyway, someone reached out to me on IG and they were like, yeah, you like your music, it's like you should make films. Um, um, and I lost my thought. Oh yeah, she was like, yeah, it sounds like movie score shit. And I'm like, yeah, so kind of, I'm trying to, because usually my, my music doesn't go anywhere except for like SoundCloud, which is whatever. And then videos that seemed to be like I like that kind of like that even though awareness wise it didn't really increase anything <laughs> it didn't boost anything it was just personally you know, like I was throwing them into, into a video format and I still do it now but um, um yeah I think using that so yeah I was listening to that those 30 minutes worth of beats and I was like yo this is so this is really like this would really sound good, especially with that tone of like mental health and homelessness and, and obesity and like the battles, the internal battle, introversion and yeah. So I'm gonna really, and again, I'm gonna be, and I think this, this anchor thing is good too because, because it's like I said at the last episode or whichever episode it was now, because I've, I've scheduled them and I've set up a schedule for these things, but. Um, yeah, using like the anchor as kind of like the, using these, these radcasts as sort of um, material that I can then reference and kind of like pick out parts or just use them straight up. Cause there's no real audience, like I don't have much of an audience on this right now. Um, so, I don't really promote it that much, you know what I mean? Like I tweet about it, I put the tweet out there, which reminds me tomorrow I gotta print off something. I'm gonna go promote this IRL by putting a bunch of posters. I was supposed to do this earlier in the week, but then I got distracted by something. Uh, posting up posters to promote this in some of the health centers, and I have like four in mind. And um, some of them might like them. Some of them, I, I, I really, you know, I, I want someone to like hear that there's somebody out there doing it in the world. And maybe there's a lot of these, you can find a lot of these people on the internet or whatever. You can find a lot of people on IG talking about their battles and stuff. But 
I think I'm coming out with a different angle. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna cap off this rant right here because I'm losing my trains of thought and I'm tired. It's 1.30. TGIF. So now we are at 6.49 in the AM. TGIF once again. <laughs> I recorded, passed out, woke up, and now I'm recording again. I'm pretty sure someone live on Anchor. Um, so by the time you all hear this, you'll be hearing. I think that was a 20-minute segment from the, that, I've, that I scheduled for this morning. So now I'm sitting here. I'm getting ready to go for a walk. Some, I'm gonna upload this, bring my MacBook to the gym, then we do some work from the gym, and also, um, you know, make some calls. And I'm gonna make this a good Friday. I think I might do a little bit of photo, photo shoots, photo editing, um, video editing too. I should get cracking on some other like the footage I shot, shot for that nonprofit. Spend the weekend um, editing it and get a little first draft done for the people and then uh, send it out. Now, why am I ranting? Because I did this little vlog yesterday on my walk home, and in that vlog, I mentioned you know, let me play it actually <laughs> from the phone. I'm gonna put the volume up. I like to use don't really show much at night and I am very black so not that black anyway the point I'm making is this the reason why I'm ranting right now is this I just had an hour and a half I had to take a break from work I had an hour and a half conversation with uh, uh, I won't put him out I won't, I won't put him out there like that but let's say an elderly person who I've known my whole life not related. Anyway, it was a good interesting talk. I'm going to turn this into an episode of the Rantcast, but um, just my brief thoughts for now for the two minutes and 20 seconds that I have for Twitter, which I'm wasting by going on tangents. Um, it was interesting talking to a senior. I kind of perceive this dude as being a little bit more up on 
cut off, being up on trends. Um, there's people, you, I mean, it's not even an age thing, it's a mind state psychology thing, right? I got people I know younger than me who are kind of like archaic in their thinking. In any case, this dude was interested in talking to him about tech, you know, media, online culture, where the world's going. We're talking about cryptocurrency. He was open to the whole idea, open to discussion. I'm gonna be going there on Sunday, having a discussion. I mean, that's gonna be an interesting episode of the Radcast. I'm gonna set the voice memo up so I can record all of it and then he put it back for y'all. But again, don't always write off seniors because A, they know a lot and B, they can be open to um, changes and, you know, topics concerning where the world is going. So uh, yeah, that's my thoughts for now. One, so we had this conversation like an hour and a half with a, senior, with a senior Caribbean dude. You know, what I found interesting was um, one, one another topic that came up was that Whenever there's like a shift in the, the powers that be, and I'm not talking about the government, I'm talking about like the companies that kind of rule the world, the Amazons, the Facebooks, um, having kind of been in this space for mostly through radio for 10 years, but really like now approaching like kind of like e-commerce, video, streaming, this kind of, this kind of stuff, new media, I guess you could say. Is how Amazon, the Amazons and the Facebooks are not making the same mistake that the Microsofts and the Walmarts made, <laughs> which is they didn't buy up, they didn't buy out or buy up Facebook or, or Amazon on the rise, right? Um, which is why I think, which is why I think Mark Zuckerberg and Jeffrey Bezos have kind of won the next several decades in tech and media <laughs> because they're buying up like they're buying up VR companies they're coming out with video content they're they're really going head to head to head with their with the competition and not kind of dismissing them because when you when you're at the at the at the center of an innovative era it's easy to forget that like you know someone could come take you out and i think they've worked they're they've they have a strong awareness of that, so I don't really see them being taken out in any, unless they die, which everybody does, but it ain't gonna happen quick, you know? At least for what we know. In any case, yeah, so talking to the senior, it was interesting his kind of like insights. You know, I, I often have a tendency to, to write off seniors. Is it a prejudice? Is it an age bias thing? Could say that, but what I also think Another thing that I believe to be the case is that um, so in the same way that like um, Facebook and Amazon are buy, kind of bought up the companies, the VR companies or the, the different services that could essentially end them. I think this generation, especially with the millennials, Gen X maybe not so much, but yeah, they, they some of them see it too. But uh, millennials is that um, I'm really watching what these kids are doing and I'm trying not to be judgmental. And the kids, like the 17-year-olds, trying not to be 
judgmental of how they kind of flow and how they roll because I don't want to be 50 and then like judging, you know. You know, it's interesting hearing like that, like an age gap within rappers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like rap isn't exactly the most. Okay, hip hop culture is now the dominant culture from a mainstream standpoint. It has such a great influence over mainstream pop society, and yet at the same time, there's an there's like an ageism thing within hip hop, and it's like I don't know. I find that bizarre. I find that age gap bizarre because there was a point in time when even some of the older rappers weren't taken seriously, and that wasn't even that long that long ago. You know what I mean? Like being a forty-year-old rapper. Like, I'm sure there's people who still don't take Jay-Z seriously, you know what I mean? Even though he's a billionaire at this point. Um, people still don't take 50 Cent seriously, even though he's a multi-millionaire. Or Diddy, who's also almost a billionaire. Like, it's a very strange... There's this weird kind of almost stigma against rappers. Meanwhile, they're in the top, top, top tax bracket in a lot of cases. Well, at a certain level anyway. But yeah, just, you know talking to a senior, talking to, um, hearing his insights on how he, he, he told me that he's watching from the sidelines. He doesn't really get online culture a hundred percent, but he also kind of gets that it's a, it's, it's, it's a pre prevalent dominating force and it's kind of influenced commerce. Like so many things are shutting down. It's like the writing's on the wall and the clock's ticking for a lot of companies. The clock's ticking on Walmart too, really. Um, Everybody who kind of is not with it. Barnes and Noble's clock sticking, Toys R Us. Um, I love when the groceries can be delivered, man. Like, I think time is something that, if I don't have to go stand in the fucking line and do groceries, why, I could do other things. Like I could just sit and record more, you know what I mean? You know how much, you know how often, let, let, let's look at this from a creative standpoint. Let's say you're sitting around recording and then you have to run an errand. It's just, it, it can kill the flow. Now you might say, oh, that's petty. That's how, that's how it's always done. But uh, when, you know, if we're shifting into a, into a society where we don't have to worry about that, why, why would I worry? And another thing too, he was telling me about, and this, this probably isn't even tied to what I was just talking about, but it just came to mind. So he goes, he goes back to uh, Jamaica and there's just so many young people, like my age range, um, who are doing like, they don't work for any companies in Jamaica. They do like virtual assistant kind of stuff, virtual administration for companies internationally, and they're making lots of money. And it's like, whatever doom and gloom scenarios people like to talk about the net, I think that's a beautiful thing, right? Like the fact that people can, and yeah, it undercuts people here, right? Like, but I think that's also, in the same, like we, like you can flip that on on its head too. Like you have the same resources that these other everybody else on the internet has. Use it to your advantage. Um, this is a theme that I've talked about before on this show. Find a hustle, and I'm guilty. Like I'm really like doubling down now on finding a hustle that can allow me to have multiple streams. Like I have multiple streams of income right now. You know what I mean? Like you, you often don't think about it as it's happening, but when you really kind of step back and look objectively. It's like, what these kids in Jamaica are doing, I'm doing. And I imagine a lot of people listening to the show are doing. So, um, yeah. 
I think even like with Twitch, like I'm now like, okay, trying to do the longer form video thing, streaming, um, vlogging, podcasting more, ranting more. Watch, Twitch is like, like, Twitch just had this little, like, when Drake hopped on Twitch, that was a little moment that I think is really going to shove Twitch more into the public perception. And sure, people will just forget about it. They'll be like, oh, I think the Drake was on. But I think that if you're streaming full-time, like, there's full-time Twitch streamers. And that, I think that's, it's very viable now. Not just for the video game people on Twitch, but now for the, like, the IRL content creators and the music creators and the creative section of Twitch, you know. They're gonna have a moment too eventually. And anyway, it's good being like when there's an when there's platforms with not that much attention. It's probably good to be on them and try to do your thing, especially when, when there's so much, so many people are putting out content at a real scale that it's like oversaturation. You shouldn't be worrying about oversaturation. But and again, who am I to say what people should or shouldn't be doing? But I'm all opt- I'm optimistic for like what's going on right now with the online world. Anyway, these are my thoughts. <laughs> I'm losing steam with this rant, so I'm just going to cap it off here. Have a good Friday, folks, and uh, I'll have some uploaded for Saturday. Peace. Peace.